Welcome to the Skin Philosophy Edit with your host, myself, Anna-Louise Kenny. I'm here to bring to you the knowledge and skills to level up your business. We are speaking to industry experts across the industry to make sure that you're getting your knowledge in skincare, equipment, ingredients, and everything else you need to make sure you have the best of your business. Hi, and welcome back to the Skin Philosophy Edit. We are with Cheryl, the Good Skin Guru. You can find her on Instagram with a huge amount of following. And she's also has two clinics as well. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, you're Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. No problem. Uh, So you are being very successful both in the clinic and you're doing a great job on the Instagram and social media and everything like that. So... Tell us a bit about yourself. How did you get into the industry? I know you said earlier about you've you've done extra qualifications. You've come from a medical side. You've done cosmetic practitioner, aesthetic practitioner. So explain to me exactly what the qualifications are. What what's that? Okay, so yeah, so I started my career as a nurse, yeah. um, and I've always been really, really invested in training and developing enjoy learning so I did a master's degree in advanced clinical practice which is basically we call ourselves advanced clinical practitioners and it kind of qualifies you to the level of a junior doctor so I was working within the medical rota doing the same jobs as a junior doctor but I'm not a doctor I came from a nursing background and but you can do it from the background of a physiotherapist an occupational therapist so there's lots of different routes into becoming an ACP okay Um, yeah, so from there, I then, I kind of just started doing aesthetics on the side. It was yeah. something, I've always been really interested in skin and beauty. And again, if I get bored, <laughs> I always look for something else to do. Yeah. Um, and I was drawn towards aesthetics. So I started doing it as a bit of a hobby job. Um, loved it, just absolutely loved it. And just naturally over the course of a few years, I reduced my hours in the NHS, increased them in the clinic. And then eventually, I think, two, yeah, two years ago, I left the NHS to do this full time so yeah that's kind of my route into it that must have been a bit like scary leaving the NHS leaving yeah you know because as much as the NHS is the NHS it's a secure job it's you know like lifetime career and it's it's a big move to kind of go okay I'm going to do it myself Mm -hmm. how was that at the time yeah so it was quite nerve-wracking for a couple of reasons I think obviously the first one financially all of a sudden I am fully dependent on myself I need to make sure that I earn enough to pay my bills so and I did jump from doing I think I was doing 20 hours in the NHS when I left so that was 20 hours of guaranteed income yeah. that the following week I then was trying to replace so that was always in the back of my mind that yeah. this really has to work um, which meant for the first year I did probably overwork to, yeah. to kind of compensate for that but it's been worth it and then the other thing was just throwing myself into a business I yeah. have no business training I have no business qualifications yeah. so coming from the public sector of the NHS where my role is very much defined and I know exactly what I'm doing each day too I've got full ownership of what I do I can be really creative with it but also coming up with that creativity can be hard and deciding where you do go and what direction you want to move in so yeah yeah, a couple of things I found it quite hard but yeah it's been really worth it and I have no regrets at all okay so you left NHS and you're going in to set up your own clinic did you do the Instagram first or um so the Instagram 
kind of came alongside it was more just a way to market the yeah. clinic so I started the clinic first really and um, working out of a beauty room back yeah. home and really just advertised to friends family colleagues that I yeah. worked with and I started the Instagram more just to kind of support it show some of the before and afters yeah um, and kind of reach a wider audience so yeah I actually don't think I've got that many Instagram followers but no you like honestly I'd seen before we met mm-hmm. I'd seen your page it's not the thing is is it's not about the amount it's about what you're shown and how often you're coming up like you came up for me like on my one quite a lot and it means that your followers are dedicated followers so you could have like a hundred thousand mm. but people could be just clicking on you because you're famous not actually because they're interested yeah. you like the stuff yours comes up with you've good content you've good you. you know it's it's uh, that's what that's what i seen i liked it um so i think you do it well and from the point of view of people listening mm-hmm. they're kind of setting up their own thing they're trying to do all of that and then to have someone it's just a good way to look at you and go okay this is the ideas of what you can do with your career like of going into aesthetics you can do a clinic like this you can build up a social media as well yeah yeah and i really enjoy the instagram stuff like do I am, yeah, you I do, it. and I know I hear this so much from people that oh, but it's like a chore that they have to do because yeah. it's part of the business now. Yeah. Like these days, you've got to be on social yeah. media in some respect. Yeah. I know it's not it's not the be all and end all by any means, but yeah. um, I hear it a lot. But I actually really enjoy it. I love I love being creative. So yeah. to me, um, and like with Canva, it's it's quite easy. So, yeah, but yeah, I do, I enjoy that side of it, which helps. Yeah, mm. so then you probably have a little bit of creativity, which also as well makes you good at injecting as well. Because mm-hmm. I notice that people who have a flair for creativity, they're really good at injecting because yeah. they can see more than just like, you know. Yeah, than just the anatomy. Because yeah. obviously you want a great clinician, you want someone safe and who's really good clinically. Yeah. But also, yeah, that artistic eye is yeah. what I think gives you that that little edge. Yeah. Um, this isn't just a paint by numbers. This is someone's face, and everyone's so individual. Yeah. So I do think that creativity really helps. Yeah, yeah. It so going into injections and all of that. Obviously, at the moment, there's a lot around injectables because it's been done by non-medics mm-hmm. qualifications are being introduced pathways are being introduced how do you feel about like the whole lot yeah so my, my belief is that i do think this should be um, for injectables yeah. i think it should be a medic yeah. only profession and most western countries it is yeah we, we are quite rare in the way that we operate in this country yeah in the uk um so yeah i do i do feel that there is such a lot that is a risk yeah and although they're really rare they can happen and having that anatomical knowledge and not even just the anatomy because i understand that you can learn anatomy yeah. in a course but having the experience of have you dealt with an anaphylactic reaction exactly. have you actually done that and yeah. do you feel confident to do that or will you freak out yeah so it was really really early on in my aesthetic career and mm. i had a friend who came to me for for botox and she actually had a mini stroke when she was about 31 okay. and she was really quite you know anxious about yeah. the whole thing she'd never had um, botox before 
and she actually had a bit of a vasovagal, so a bit of a fainting episode on me. That's all it was. Yeah. She, she started feeling a bit unwell. But in her head, she thought, I'm having a mini stroke because she's she's had that before, and that was her biggest yeah. fear. Yeah. I know what a mini stroke looks like. I yeah. know what a vasovagal looks like. I've dealt with both of these things yeah. within my NHS career. So I was really happy managing that. Didn't phase me, but I came away from that day thinking, oh my God, I don't know how people do this without that yeah. assurance. Because yeah. if I didn't have that knowledge to be like oh no i'm this is fine yeah. i'm not worried i would have freaked out and i would have thought oh my god is she having a mini stroke yeah maybe i wouldn't have treated her appropriately yeah 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 100 percent. there is that and also the like a friend of mine sarah pointed out before is if you do something wrong and you get sued or something like that you can lose your registration yeah if i did something wrong maybe i might get sued maybe i'm not do you know that kind of way so the person who's coming to me they're risking a lot more because I can take a lot more risk mm -hmm. because do you know that that's why I would never I I fully support that I'd never get into injections mm -hmm. it's just way too risky wait for me it's just not something that I would do yeah. or think that I would never feel comfortable enough to go yeah I know enough about the body and how it works and I know a lot but I don't know enough for something to go wrong like mm -hmm. It could be the like something completely random it's just yeah it's really you have to know a lot and like you said the experience and then nhs yeah. really matters as well so then there's going to be these pathways yeah yeah so i'm interested to see how that pans out and what they yeah what they develop i, I don't think there's been much clarity around it and yeah what, what's going to be required i do think we need regulation obviously we are in the position we're in and anyone can inject in this yeah. country so i do think the government have a little bit of a responsibility to try and protect the public yeah um, i know i've heard of people being blocked on instagram when they've had an issue with certain practitioners um, really yeah and obviously going to a medic they have that responsibility ethically that 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 shouldn't really yeah shouldn't happen yeah and i'm not saying that it definitely wouldn't but you do have that yeah. kind of protection if you can report that person yeah where if that person is a non-medic and they block you what what recourse do you have yeah um so i definitely think that if this remains non-medic which i think it will um there does need to be some kind of regulation in place some kind of regulatory body who yeah. who monitors and ensures that the quality is there and the, the, the ethical practices yeah there. and then there's a responsibility if something goes wrong 100 percent. yeah yeah, yeah. That, that patient is your patient even when they've left the room yeah the treatment doesn't end when they leave the room yeah exactly so when you opened up your first week how was it when i left the nhs and yeah. um, do you know what really excited i loved it um I think I was really ready to leave the NHS as yeah. well. Obviously, it was just post-COVID. It was really, really busy in the hospital, and I was juggling so much. So all of a sudden, it was just like I was I was in my, my little element. Yeah. It is my happy place. I love my days in clinic. Yeah. I hate my admin days, but I love my days in clinic, so that is like my happy place. So yeah, yeah it felt very, very freeing. Yeah. Although scary, yeah, freeing and exciting and kind of like, okay, this is the next chapter. Yeah, yeah. yeah because this is what a lot of people are worried about is the thought of setting up their mm -hmm. own clinic and yeah. you know it's it's hard because you know it's it's this idea this business should be this big but really when you break it down it's like okay rent a room mm -hmm. put yourself on instagram 
start doing friends and family and take it from there yeah and just build yeah and if you doesn't work go back to work yeah that's it you know it's 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 when you think about it too much it can seem way bigger because as as you do this longer yes you develop and yes you do other things and you concentrate on different aspects of the business not just the clinical element yeah but when you get started if you're looking at people that are in you know it's like what they say don't look at someone's chapter 10 when you're in chapter one if you look at someone who has a really established clinic and i still do this my clinic it's so far it's just me yeah. so i do this i look at really established clinics and think oh wow i would love to have that yeah but you can't you've got to focus on you and where you are and yeah. don't get too overwhelmed by all of the things that you're maybe not doing yet because yeah. it, it may come in time maybe that's not the route for you yeah you'll figure out as you go along yeah 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 exactly and so now you've two places so yeah. what made you get the second um, so, probably just me and my life. <laughs> so I mentioned to you earlier, I've actually just been diagnosed with ADHD. Um, so how I think that's shown up for me is I make really impulsive decisions. Um, and I'm not very... So I, I am a risk taker, just yeah. by nature in general. So I was just kind of bored in life in general. I'd gotten as high up in the NHS as I kind of could without going into management. So. Yeah. Um, there was nothing new for me to, to do there. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I've, I've traveled quite a lot. There was kind of just nothing in my life that I was like, okay, this is next for me. This is my next adventure. So I decided to move to Manchester. So I'm mm. from the Lake District originally in Cumbria. Um, and literally overnight I decided I'm going to move. And <laughs> um, so I applied for a job in the, I was still in the NHS. So I, yeah. I literally applied for a job that night. I think I applied for three um, and decided to move. <laughs> Wow. Um, so that's why yeah. I've got two clinics. It's it purely came because when I moved to Manchester, I wanted to continue seeing my patients. Yeah. My Cumbria patients have been with me for five years now. A yeah. lot of them feel like very close friends. So yeah. I was never going to give that up. So I initially was just travelling back to Cumbria every yeah. fortnight to do little just one day clinics up there, catch up with friends and family. Yeah. And then started doing it in Manchester because I lived there. Yeah. And then when I left the NHS. Just figured out a schedule to do that, um. So yeah, it was more just because I decided my life needed some excitement, <laughs> and I wanted to move. So how did you decide on the skincare lines that you went to work with? Yeah. So um, my my kind of main one, my main couple that I love the most. Yeah. Um, oh, there are a few, you know, but I love Abaji. Obviously, yeah. the prescriptive element of Abaji is amazing. Yeah. And the results that you can get. Yeah. With prescriptive skincare is just insane um so i love abaji for that reason and get probably just seeing other people's work online as well yeah. and thinking wow how did they get those results and seeing the same skincare lines coming up time and time again yeah um reaching out to the reps obviously finding out about them but i love abaji skin better science i love skin better. oh skin better science yeah. is really yeah very i'd say that's going to be even then next year it's going to be huge yeah i love skin better it's, yeah those are probably my two most premium lines in clinic yeah. as well, but for good reason. Yeah. They do work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't work with, as, as you know, obviously yeah. I, we met through Get Harley. Um, yeah. So I work with multiple um, skincare brands and that's the reason really I went with Get Harley because yeah. it offered me the ability to do that without having Stock ten, and, yeah, yeah. Like 10 different brands in clinic. Yeah. Um, so that really helped me really be able to cherry pick my favorite products from those brands rather than stocking the whole, yeah. the whole yeah. range. Yeah yeah it is a good idea to get harley mm. thing really is like yeah. you're not holding stock you're not worried about re like getting the clients back it does help a lot 
and um, because this is I know some of the students struggle with is deciding on those skincare mm-hmm. lines and there are quite a lot of them out there mm-hmm. but really there's only a few that's that good yeah and I think anything I introduce in clinic and this is whether it's a treatment whether it's a, a product my main rule is what's the clinical evidence yeah I will not introduce something if it doesn't have the backup yeah. um so yeah that is that's kind of how I've chosen all of the skincare that I've stopped yeah I want to see the evidence what does this work for have you actually proven that or yeah. is this just consumer testing and someone felt that it was nice I want to see the data yeah that's how I've chosen most of what's in my clinic everything is is clinically proven yeah yeah and what's your favorite treatment now at the moment you're delivering oh to do yeah probably oh i've got a new one that i can tell you because this won't air straight away mm. um so i'm just introducing prp oh nice yeah so um prp and microneedling yeah um i haven't officially announced it online yet but um it'll be announced next week so yeah yeah really loving prp um, and surprisingly hair loss didn't think i'd do it i thought i would just do it for skin because skin's my thing yeah um but the results that i've seen for hair loss are insane yeah i'm gonna be doing it yeah excited about it actually yeah i like uh, for hair loss i've seen and heard Mm. so much about it and also as well as hair Mm -hmm. like hair loss is going to be huge Mm -hmm. because now more and more again men are going actually my hair is receding is mm-hmm. there's it's become more of a norm yeah and women who have like losing hair over stress i get that as well like losing hair over stress mm-hmm. they're also going okay you can do something for it it's yeah it's a yeah. great treatment and it's it's something that's quite a difficult thing to, to hide your hair yeah so it's i think in terms of life-changing treatments yeah especially for people with severe hair thinning i think honestly the, the results are life-changing so yeah yeah that's one that I'm, I'm currently really enjoying doing yeah cool and so where do you see now developing say the rest of the business and everything else what do you see like how will you be over the next five years yeah so um i am just actually taking on my first therapist so Amazing. obviously i'm between the two clinics it's just me so a lot of people think oh she must be crazily successful because she's got two clinics but it's just me in those two clinics yeah. so actually my overheads are just higher <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah what what i want i never wanted to give up cumbria um that's always going to be kind of like my first yeah my first business and yeah yeah it's, it's my home as well um, so I was never gonna not have both, but I think now getting to the point where that business operates when I'm not there yeah. will be amazing. And do you know what? Just having a team—that's the one thing I do miss about the NHS—is yeah. having a group of people to spend Find your day stuff. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like having a team. I do miss my colleagues, and I had some amazing colleagues in my career. So yeah. that is probably the biggest miss. So with all of that, um, what have you found? like the struggles of all of that mm. and also as well as you're recently engaged congratulations mm-hmm. Thank you. uh how was it like how was it having your partner through that mm-hmm. you know how supportive because sometimes it can be a strain when you're running around you have so much to do mm-hmm. how was all of that as well yeah so um james is amazing he is the most supportive partner i could wish for he is he's brilliant um and he he actually calms me quite a lot because i am so I've always got a thousand ideas and I want to do everything and I want to do everything now and if I don't have time to do all of these things I'm really hard on myself I am, yeah. I'm a perfectionist and I'm 
I try to be an overachiever, so then that can result in quite a lot of overwhelm. Yeah. So I would say probably, again, leaving the NHS, no business experience, all of a sudden, my clinical work, I love. The Instagram side, I enjoy. But the admin, the mm. actual business management, has been my biggest struggle because mm. I'm not I, I'm not business trained. I'm, I'm winging a lot of that, yeah. that kind of side of things. Um, and yeah, the overwhelm in feeling like I want to be perfect was probably my biggest kind of worry yeah um, and he he's so good he's, he's been brilliant I remember one day feeling like I just had a to-do list as long as like three arms um, yeah. and he sat down with me and he was just like okay what what actually needs to happen for the yeah. business like what what cannot be missed or the business will fall apart and like those literally two things <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so it, literally in your head it's like a million things yeah. and then when you look at paper you're like okay well if I do those things then yeah. then I'm okay for yeah. today yeah. and it's like less overwhelming yeah. it was like the booking system needs to operate properly and I need to order stock like that's really all <laughs> yeah. that I need to do and then obviously my clinic days are fine and it's just that because I've got all these ideas that I really want to do in the business and I yeah I, I do start millions of projects before finishing one I do take a lot on and really I just needed to take a step back and go hang on these are things I want to do not things that I have to do yeah the business is not going to crumble if I don't do all of these things yeah. as long as I do my stock order which I actually really hate doing oh Weirdly, yeah I hate oh, it. <laughs> that and balance and books oh, oh like I know I know yeah that's that's the other one that gets left and I do it all in a, a very rushed couple of weeks yeah stressful weeks and um, you're approaching yeah yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think um, I think with relationships and running businesses, you just really need someone understanding. Yeah. Um, yeah. If they they understand the business and they're supportive, and I I, I know obviously colleagues of um, other people in the industry that told me they've struggled with that side yeah. of things. So, and I think as well, being a woman owning a business, you need a strong man who you is do. not intimidated by that because I've been there. <laughs> exactly. I had this actually because remember because Jennifer was there as well that night we'd get Harley and yeah. stuff and we had the same conversation on the pod as well mm. and it was funny I was listening to something with Diary of CEO mm. and he was interviewing I can't remember who it was but basically your life is decided by who you pick mm-hmm. and like everything every small little detail every big detail is that person that's standing beside you yeah. and with women it's very hard to find a man mm-hmm. that is comfortable and and doesn't get emasculated yes. by you know you being successful you having brains you being yeah. driven and you decide to take that person on that gets they'll pick you down yeah oh 100% yeah and I've been in a relationship like that yeah where, yeah it was any success I had was was a bad thing yeah. um so yeah in contrast James is just he's he's my biggest supporter and he's actually said to me I want you to be way more successful than me like (laughs) because he says like obviously he he's um he actually works in business um so which is probably why he understands he doesn't own his own business but he's in business um but he said like my my opportunity is actually great having having a business of your own so he's like I'd love you to be like way way more successful than me so it's quite refreshing to hear that and yeah I think I think having that support it's essential I think relationships will really struggle if you're trying to run a business and you have someone there who is not supportive of you and 
as you say, feeling intimidated or emasculated or trying to bring you down yeah. for your success and making you feel bad when you have it. It's exactly. Not, never going to work. And it's surprising the amount of men because so every single person I talk to, woman, mm-hmm. that's in business, that has been in relationship where if not multiple relationships where they've been like that yeah and i've seen it the whole time and even you know even just dating it's like you can see guys kind of they either sit back or they Mm. sit forward Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of them that sit back and go "Mm." not sure about this yeah exactly (laughs) so it is something i do think like when you're kind of deciding who you're going to be with you have to make sure they're strong yeah yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. They need they need to be really like confident in themselves and you your success doesn't affect them. They're, yeah. they're just happy for you. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And are you excited about your new skin therapist and growing the business and everything? This yeah. is yeah. Yeah, really excited. Um so I'm interviewing the week after next. Yeah. Um so I've had four applicants that I'm gonna be interviewing. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um so yeah, I'm I'm just excited for that next stage as well and I've got I've got some plans for the business that I, I kind of want to. It's been something I've wanted to introduce for a while. Yeah. Kind of change the way that I deliver treatments and having a therapist with me is going to enable me to take it to that next yeah. kind of that next level. I really yeah. want to. My my aim's always been to be very holistic in my approach. Okay. So when I first entered aesthetics, it was very much about injectables. My first course there was no mention of skin at all. Yeah. It was very much injectables. And from really early on, I knew I wanted to be more holistic and yeah. look at the skin. And yeah. obviously that's much more popular now and it's great that the industry is moving in that direction. But so my kind of aim is to really enhance that. So I want to bring together really effective clinical treatments, but that also feel like that spa experience. Yeah. So it's not one or the other. It's not a, a clinical place that you can get results or the rub me down yeah yeah you kind of you kind of getting both together yeah. i want people to leave with amazing results but they feel amazing as well yeah and this is something that i always say to students and it's it, some of them find it hard to absorb this because they don't believe it mm. but you can make someone look 10 years younger but if they don't feel better going mm. out then if you haven't given them like a oh that makes me feel good relaxing kind of feeling they will a hundred times recommend you more, give you a tip, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If you slow down and do a nice cleanse, mm-hmm. that's all it takes. Yeah. Just doing something like that rather than a wet piece of gauze being yeah. shoved all over the face. It's like, slow down, take your time, give them that feeling of I'm looking after you. Mm-hmm. And then you'll get, even if it doesn't matter what treatment you're doing on them. Yeah, it's a big yeah, part definitely. of it. Definitely. I mean, people always say, you will maybe not remember what someone said to you, but you'll always remember exactly. how they made you feel. Yeah, and it's, exactly. it's so true. Yeah. yeah, it's so true. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much, Cheryl, for coming and um, sharing everything with us. And it's been really informative and really nice. Thank you very much for having me. It's no, been great. Thanks. <laughs>